the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning. It is 11.06. You are listening to 98.9 FM, The Answer, and this is a special report. Town Hall on Ohio, Issue 1. Issue 1 proponents say the proposed constitutional amendment would simply codify Roe v. Wade abortion rules and protect a woman's reproductive health decisions. Issue 1 opponents say passing Issue 1 would create the most radical abortion amendment in America, allowing for abortion on demand up to birth for matters of convenience and giving minors the right to abort and gender transition without parental involvement, effectively eliminating parental rights. The proposed amendment is available at the Secretary of State website at ohiosos.gov. The language comprising the measure is sweeping and contains words such as, quote, individual, end quote, which can mean male, female, minor, or adult, but is not defined in the amendment. It also contains the word health, which is also not defined in the proposed amendment. Burden is another word in the proposed amendment that is undefined. That matters because when broad language is used, it leaves the definition up to interpretation by the courts. And that is where the nefarious permissions that opponents object to are manifested. Now, I'll turn it over to the town hall moderator, Carl von Valtier, who will introduce panelists in this first hour and will open up the phone lines for your question or questions rather in hour number two. Thanks, Jack. And thanks very much for uh, having us on your, on your platform to get some information out on this very important topic. Um, the reason we're having a, how a town hall format like this is to get additional information out from multiple perspectives that will give us some insights as to how those words that you just mentioned, those vague words, how they might be interpreted in the future. So we've got a, got a great panel we have with us, and I'll introduce them here in a few minutes as they come up. But we have a political and communications consultant from Greater Columbus Right to Life. We have a constitutional law expert, a constitutional and civil rights attorney, and an OBGYN with three decades in medical practice. So without further ado, first up, I'd like to bring Beth Vanderkui. Beth is the executive director of Greater Columbus Right to Life, as well as a political and communications consultant. Prior to serving with Greater Columbus Right to Life, Beth lobbied for clients in the agricultural, financial, and educational sectors. She also managed state and local campaigns and served as a legislative staffer in the House and Senate. Beth, take it away. Well, good morning, everyone. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me, and thanks for tuning in. I, I think what is really important to understand about Issue 1 is, first and foremost, we are talking about an amendment to Ohio's Constitution. 
Uh, And I think there are, unfortunately, a lot of people who still do not fully understand what that means and how that differs from the laws that are in place. Um, And it's particularly important because this uh, amendment, as it has been drafted and as it has been intentionally drafted by groups like the ACLU, who have a 50 plus year track record uh, of working you know, of working towards policy goals such as eliminating parental involvement in abortions. Um, It's basically um, what they have done is they have put their laundry list of desired policy outcomes and they've mashed it together with some, uh, you know, some politically tested messaging. Uh, And they're basically going to be bringing into the state of Ohio something that is nothing more than a Trojan horse. So wrapped up in the, you know, the language of protecting women's health, uh, which, of course, the word woman does not actually appear anywhere in this amendment. Right. They're, They're using this type of really disingenuous political messaging and they're trying to get Ohioans to buy in to placing into our Constitution uh, above the, the touch of the laws and the regulations of the state of Ohio an amendment that would, uh, it would do a number of things. But I, I think the three that, that I'm, I've been talking about the most is it is absolutely going to result in taxpayer-funded abortion on demand through all nine months of pregnancy. And we are talking about painful and cruel procedures Uh, that are happening in the second and third trimester for reasons as frivolous uh, as gender selection. And and I think that when we say that, that is rightly shocking to many Ohioans. And, uh, And, you know, when we point that out, people are saying things like, well, that never happens. And it's true. Uh, Ohio hasn't had any second or third, or we haven't had any abortions past 24 weeks in the last five or six years. And I think we've had three or four in the past 10. But the reason that we do not have them is because it is illegal here uh, to, to perform that type of, quite frankly, barbaric procedure on an unborn child. Uh, In places where it is legal, however, in places like Colorado, New Mexico, California, Washington, D.C., these procedures are happening thousands of times every year. And that's not according to data I'm making up. That's according to data reported by the CDC and by organizations like Guttmacher, Uh, Guttmacher being a pro-abortion think tank. The second thing that I think people... um, and particularly parents need to be aware of is because of the the disingenuousness with which they've used words like individual and um, persons helping an individual or assisting an individual. This is going to really tie the state's hands in providing any regulation uh, to mandate parental involvement and parental consent. So what we're really talking about is eliminating parental involvement before children are engaging in life-altering procedures. And I'm not only talking about abortion. I'm talking about uh, sterilization, puberty blockers, hormonal therapy, uh, perhaps even radical sex change procedures with no parental involvement. And that's wrong. 
Um, and, the, you know, a third thing that this is absolutely going to do because of the very restrictive language um, where it prohibits any level of government from doing anything that is perceived to be what, what they phrase as an, a direct or an indirect burden, interference, discrimination against, etc., is overnight this amendment is going to make ineffective hundreds of basic health and safety regulations that Ohioans agree with that keep women and unborn children and patients safe. Uh, And at the end of the day, because of the way that this language is written, the final arbiter of what is okay and what is safe is going to be the person profiting from the abortion. And so over the past few months, I have been out, you know, uh, I've been out speaking to dozens. I think last night I hit like my 62nd event since Easter. And I'm talking, I'm talking to groups of people. And what I'm hearing again and again, um, and in fact, I just heard it last night, is, you know, Beth, I don't know that I agree with you on abortion. But I've listened to what you have to say, and I've looked at the actual language of this amendment, and it just goes too far. Um, And so last night I I had a lady who told me, you know, she's very conflicted and she thinks she supports abortion up to 10 or 12 weeks, but she's planning on voting against it. And so a big part of the message that I have been getting out there and that pro-life organizations have been getting out there is to, to say, look, I am unabashedly and proudly pro-life, and I'm happy to defend that, that position, and I'm happy to have the discussion on that position. But the reality is, is that you do not need to agree with me 100% of the time in order to reject this amendment. And uh, if, if, you're in that, if you're somebody who is in that space, where maybe, maybe you don't feel comfortable with where I'm at, maybe you want to continue that discussion, I am happy to have that discussion. But just understand that unless we reject issue one, our opportunity to have that discussion in the state of Ohio is gone because the only thing that will be able to override this language in the Constitution Uh, is another constitutional amendment and another constitutional amendment. And this is no way to govern the state of Ohio, and it's certainly no way to come up with good, comprehensive policy that's talking about important and sensitive health topics. And, And so... I guess with that, I would, I would just uh, remind everybody we have 13 days until the election, and this is a great opportunity and get out and vote no by November 7th. That was Beth Vanderkoy. Thank you for weighing in on issue one. You are listening to a special report, Town Hall on Ohio Issue One on 98.9 FM. The answer on the other side of this break. We will hear from Frank Scaturro. He's an attorney. You're listening to 98.9 FM, The Answer, The Bruce Woolley Show. This is a special report, Town Hall 
on Ohio Issue 1. Moderator Carl Von Valtier will introduce our next panelist. Thanks, Jack. Next up on the panel, I'd like to do, introduce Mr. Frank Scaturro. Uh, Mr. Scaturro is an attorney and author currently serving as vice president and senior counsel of the Judicial Crisis Network. His writings include President Grant Reconsidered, the Supreme Court's Retreat from Reconstruction, and he's the co-editor of Grant at 200, Reconsidering the Life and Legacy of Ulysses S. Grant. He previously served as counsel for the Constitution for the Senate Judiciary Committee and as special counsel to the House Select Investigative Panel on Infant Lives. Mr. Scaturro. Well, thank you, Carl and Jack, and uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Issue one is often framed as a means of adding a right to abortion to the state constitution, but it actually goes well beyond abortion. And as Beth pointed out, is really extreme in what it does. The proposal would, in effect, impose on the state a regime of no limits abortion up to the time of birth and also of life-altering, potentially irreversible gender transition procedures regardless of age and overriding the involvement of parents uh, in the case of minors. And we can expect the taxpayers to be forced to pay for these procedures. Now, those might sound like strong claims, but they come from a straightforward reading of the text, bolstered by what courts have done time and time again for the last 50 years. First, let's look at the text. It provides broadly that, quote, Every individual has a right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions, including but not limited to several categories. Now, reproductive decisions is a very broad term. By explicitly defining such decisions as not limited to the enumerated categories, a natural reading of issue one would extend to any medical procedure that involves the human reproductive system, including sex change surgery and any other gender transition procedures. The language also contains no age qualifications. So the proposal makes no distinction between adults and minors. It says, quote, the state shall not directly or indirectly burden, penalize, prohibit, interfere with, or discriminate against either an individual's voluntary exercise of this right or a person or entity that assists an individual exercising this right. That language precludes parental consent laws, which give parents the ability to override their child's decision. But even more than that, it would even preclude parental notification laws, which simply require children to inform their parents before pursuing a particular procedure. After all, Requiring notification has the effect of directly or indirectly burdening or interfering with the decision in question. This is completely inconsistent with our expectations that parents will be involved before a minor receives medication in school or before he or she receives a tattoo. For anyone still in doubt about how extreme this amendment would be if adopted, just consider what courts have long been doing with constitutional texts. The United States Constitution does not contain any language like the very specific text of the Ohio proposal. Uh, it never mentions abortion or reproduction more generally. Yet, despite that, in the years after it handed down Roe versus Wade, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down a host of even mild abortion regulations. 
It struck down standard of care provisions to optimize the chances of fetal survival, informed consent requirements and 24-hour waiting periods for mothers, partial birth abortion prohibitions, and requirements that doctors performing abortions have hospital admitting privileges, never mind that the admitting privileges laws aimed to prevent the kind of atrocities that occurred at the hands of the Philadelphia abortionist Kermit Gosnell. To be sure, prior to last year's decision in Dobbs, the court occasionally changed its mind on some of these challenged laws, uh, including most notably when it modified its standard of review in Planned Parenthood versus Casey in 1992. But consider the scope of laws it struck down at various times over the years without any textual basis in the Constitution. If the Supreme Court could find license for such heavy-handed decisions under the guise of interpreting a Constitution that never mentions abortion, imagine how much more damage Issue 1 would do with its explicit treatment of abortion and other reproductive matters in extreme terms. Advocates of Issue 1 have admitted their disagreement with the court's standard tolerating mild abortion regulations like waiting periods and informed consent under Casey. But the truth is that this proposal is so absolute that it goes farther than the very strict standard that applied before Casey. Issue 1 appears to offer a level of protection to non-physicians in their performance of covered procedures, whether abortion, sex change surgery, or something else. After all, the language extends to any person or entity who provides assistance with the procedure at issue. The U.S. Supreme Court never went that far. Uh, additionally, while the post-Roe Court did strike down parental consent laws for lacking a judicially invented exception by which minors could bypass their parents and get permission from a judge, it did not reject the notion of parental consent requirements out of hand, unlike Issue 1. There is yet another danger posed by Issue 1 that is revealed by past history, that besides imposing an unregulated abortion regime, it may well mean that the taxpayers will be forced to fund it. In a case called Harris versus McRae in 1980, the Supreme Court faced a challenge to the Hyde Amendment's prohibition of federal funds for most abortions under the Medicaid program. The court rejected the challenge, but only by one vote in a five to four decision a remarkably close margin given the Constitution's silence on the issue. If Issue 1 becomes law, there is a strong likelihood that the state Supreme Court would feel compelled to strike down any withholding of taxpayer money to fund it, the position taken, taken by the dissenting justices in Harris and the longstanding agenda of groups like the ACLU that are promoting Issue 1. We should fully expect that outcome from a proposal that explicitly prohibits even indirect interference with those who seek abortion. Now, there is some limiting language in the Ohio proposal stating that abortion may be prohibited after fetal viability, but to that it carves out an enormous health exception that swallows Attorney up Scaturro, the rest of the language. Attorney yes. Cascuro, uh, Scaturro, we have, we have 10 seconds. Uh, we're going to go to break. Uh, we'll hear from you uh, the rest of your introduction on the other side of this break, 98.9 FM, The Answer. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.